Greetings, gentle listeners. If you enjoy this podcast, you may also like Brosé, a mirthy talk show starring four bros who sip wine and consider questions submitted by you, the audience, about current events, pop culture, and which Muppet you should get tattooed on your back. Subscribe to Brosé wherever you get your podcasts. That's B-R-O-S-E. Brosé, the podcast for those who drink rosé. From the south and east of the northwest, the land of trees and rivers, it's Anchor Persons with Gene and Greg Person. Anchors weigh you down. Cut loose with your news. Here's Gene and Greg. So first off, I want to thank the uh, 20 or so listeners who managed to stay subscribed even as we switched podcast hosts and started recording the uh, the newer relaxed style of show. I do appreciate you. Yeah, and we may or may not continue in this vein. Uh, as some of you know, people who've listened to the show for a while, about every 15 episodes or so, we declare the end of a season. And then we just do the show in a different way. Yeah. We maybe add something or tweak the format a little bit, just because we like to keep it fun for us. Yeah. And what sounded fun to us as we started the new year was just to do the show in a more chill way. Yeah. Take the pressure off. And, uh, if, if you don't like it, let us know. Cause like, we're not opposed to doing it the old way. We just, uh, you know, we want it. We want to hear that feedback. Um, but I, I kind of like this, this more relaxed approach, frankly. Yeah, um, I do want to clarify that uh, if you have any criticisms of the new format, uh, you can send those to fuckoff at whocares.com. Anchorpersonspodcast at gmail.com is the email address. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, tomato, tomato. <laughs> um, so this is episode 57. Um, so true Greg story. Um, I'm looking for... A job in one of the many fields in which I have experience. Just kind of a kind of a side gig to keep me going through a little bit of a rough patch right now. And uh, I had an interview scheduled yesterday, and they ghosted me. Oh, really? Yeah, and I've I've been a little down in the dumps about it. That's bullshit. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry, man. That's rough. Well, you know they do shit like that all the time. Yeah. So I, you know, they ghosted me on our scheduled time. I waited an hour. I called their office and I'm like, so what's up? I was supposed to talk to this person. And they're like, oh, they're out to lunch. I'm like, I can leave them a message, you know, if you want to send me to their voicemail. And they're like, oh, I'll take a message. So I give this person who I have no idea who I was talking to. I give him this message. Never got a call back. Fuck it. I'm moving on. That's really disrespectful of your time. That's right. Yeah. Well, but you know, employers, they do this all the time. It's, it's an endemic problem because they don't give a shit. And they're going to continue behaving as if they've got the pick of the litter, but they don't anymore. Mm -hmm. I I just don't understand it. Anyway, well, this might brighten your spirits. Apparently Taco Bell is going to be selling a $10 monthly taco subscription. I saw that and I'm so horny for it. Yeah. Apparently $10 a month. You get one taco a day for 30 days. It's a lot of tacos. Well, and as as a, a friend of ours and a friend of the show pointed out to me as I was talking to her about it, 
uh, the other day. This is actually a genius move on the part of Taco Bell. No, it is. Because you're going to get people to come to Taco Bell more often to get that one taco. But then one taco is not going to do anything for you. You're going to get at least three tacos. Right. It's really smart marketing because one taco is not... It's not going to feed you. Not not a Taco Bell taco, anyway. And so you're going to need more than that. I assume there's not going to be any rollover. You're not going to you're not going to want to eat Taco Bell every single day. Um, so speak for yourself, sir. All right, maybe. <laughs> but yeah, and apparently the uh, the spicy potato soft taco is included as uh, one of the tacos you can get in the subscription. Yes, I'm extremely excited about that. As are uh, the uh, Doritos tacos, which I know are Gil Person's favorite variety. So, I mean, those uh, are amazingly good. I don't like them. Really? Yeah. I don't know if it's too much sodium or what, but I do not like them. They, they, I mean, they, with, they, with all that powder on them, yeah, they're very they don't salty. They taste like food to me. They taste like chemical. That's the part I like about it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Taco Bell is really the one fast food restaurant that understands what fast food is. That it's not food, it's a food adjacent product that uh-huh. you can do whatever you want with. I mean, and I'm not the first person to make this observation that sure. they have like five ingredients that they combine in limitless ways. And they're doing kind of a kind of an abstract expressionist thing with food mm-hmm. that I really like. It's like they're they're way ahead of the curve of this modernist cuisine stuff. They were doing, you know, weird shapes and colors and textures way before like Ferran Adria and Grant Ackett's and guys like that. I mean, Taco Bell is the real cutting edge cuisine. All right. Live mas. Or in my case, since I'm going to be eating Taco Bell every day now, mucho, mucho menos. Actually, I want to kind of piggyback onto your Taco Bell story. Okay. The w- the wait is over as of this week. As of Monday, you can get the KFC Beyond Chicken Nuggets. Oh, the, wow, really? The vegan nuggets. Yeah, they're at your local KFC. And I I haven't gone into town yet this week, but I think I have to tomorrow. If uh-huh. for no other reason than to get the nuggets. Because, and here's the cool thing that they did. They made a vegan value meal for it. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So you get the you get the, the nugs. And you can get, I think it's six nugs or 12 nugs. Obviously, I'm going to get 12 nugs. Mm-hmm. And then you get um, the fries, which are just potato wedges with the kernel seasoning on them. So they are delicious. Mm-hmm. And the Colonel's special sauce is also vegan. So, you know, throw a lemonade on there. Technically not vegan because it does involve harm to lemons. And, um, <laughs> you know, you lemons, know. An, important, an important animal. Well, yeah, you know, they're those little animals that jump off cliffs. Yeah. And they squeeze them to make juice. When life gives you lemmings. <laughs> you make lemonade. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's it. That's the tagline for this episode. So, um, I know you're a big fan of Bioshock. I am. Well, I love the first one and the third one. The middle one by the other studio. Eh. Yeah. Well, uh, Bioshock 4, 
currently in development by Cloud Chamber Studios, who it's a team composed of veterans from from the other Bioshock games. Well, it's not been officially announced, I guess, but it's been teased. And uh, there is some indication that it might be an Antarctic theme. Um, No idea what the philosophy behind the story will be or what the story itself will be. But I do know one thing. Apparently, Ken Levine, the creator of both Bioshock and Bioshock Infinite, is not involved in any way. Hmm. I don't like that. The direct quote I read was, I'm not involved with it at all. I don't want to do half measures. I never want to be half in and half out. I wish them the best. I know about I know as much about the game as anybody else, essentially, and I'll play it as a player when it comes out. So based on that, he's trying to say it without saying it. They didn't really want him to work on it. Maybe. Because so he's he's got his ghost story games company that he he spun off from, you know, irrational. And there's been a lot of reports coming out that he's just not a great person to work with. Like, it, <laughs> like he's not maybe the best boss. Not in like a an Activision Blizzard sort of way, but in a I'm a tortured genius sort of way. Okay, so he's like a demanding perfectionist type guy. I think maybe, yeah. Now, far be it from me to ever take the side of a boss, ever. I <laughs> will not. But... I will say, as a quote-unquote creative type, right? the proof you is know. in the pudding. I mean... I, I guess, but let's be clear that, that Bioshock, as great as it was, Bioshock Infinite, as great as it was, neither of those really hold up all that well over time. Mm. They're not as amazing as they were. And so, like, yes, creativity is important. Ken Levine does have some chops and and some proof that he can he can do amazing things. But with creative types, you know, what have you done for me lately is kind of a real thing. Mm. Yeah, and, and there's also this this feeling that maybe they just want to go in a different direction. Maybe there's a feeling that his time is past, that the era of those kind of games is kind of gone. Yeah, I don't I hope not, man. I, I really, more than anything, I appreciate a single-player experience that is story-driven. And so I, I hope there's still room for games like Bioshock. But then you look at all the games that are out there, and they all incorporate elements of Bioshock. Right. I mean, because Bioshock definitely raised the bar when it came like, out. It was, it was a first-person shooter, but it was it was largely an RPG. Like it's a first-person shooter with so many RPG elements, and and suddenly every game has you know a progression system, whether right. it's a role-playing game or not. And it kind of created. Well, it was one of the games that helped to shape action RPG as a genre. It really was. And, but now since it raised the bar, though, there are games that are doing the things that it was trying to do and doing them better. That's true. And that's, that's kind of my point on, on the Ken Levine situation, because he is undoubtedly, he he is a great storyteller, but ghost story games hasn't done anything at all. Hmm. We've seen 
absolutely nothing from them. And he is not... If, 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 if creator isn't actually creating... And I, maybe that's not fair. He's working with a much smaller team. But I don't know. Yeah, I, I have no idea what he's been up to. Um, I do know that I really enjoy the franchise. But, I mean, there's... It's not perfect, and there's some misses in there for me. I mean, the whole the whole second game of the trilogy is one that everyone kind of forgets. I That's true, but the DLC for that second game is the best DLC in the entire Bioshock series. Oh, see, I never had the DLC. Yeah, Minerva's Den, it was amazing, and it told a beautiful, tragic story. And maybe it didn't get all... It, it didn't do sort of the meta storytelling things that they did with the DLCs for Bioshock Infinite. But I think as a, as a, a its own little independent story, it's better than... It's certainly better than the entire second game. It's maybe better than the first Bioshock game in terms of the story. Hmm. Okay. I will... I mean, I'll, I'll say I have to check it out, but I'm, I'm probably not going to because for me, it's so much more of an investment to get into a video game than it is other media that... Yeah, if, well, and, and, and 2K did some things really, really poorly in Bioshock 2 with the time it takes to, to do a number. It's, it's really a grind to shepherd around the little sisters and... There's, there's just a lot that, that that's way more time-consuming and not as fun. Well, I have a story about a badger if you want to hear it. Okay, let's hear it. So, I'm going to set the scene for you. Yeah. It's winter in northern Spain. It's an unusually harsh winter. And in the forest is a badger. Now, food is scarce, and this badger is very hungry. So he digs deep in his little burrow looking for grubs. But what does he uncover is some little buried discs of metal. And he's like, the fuck is this? This isn't grubs. So he starts trying to haul this crap out of his burrow. Uh Now, a human walks by, a human from the local township, and he sees on the ground these ancient Roman coins. So it turns out that this badger had dug up a cache of Roman gold. Wow. In northern Spain. Now, here's the thing about the reporting of this story, though, that bothers me. And this is, you know, I'm about to go on another one of my rants about the state of modern journalism. Mm -hmm. Is at that point, we don't know what happened to the badger. We do know that. He was desperate for food. It was a harsh winter. He was digging deeper than he'd ever dug before to try and find something to eat. Uh-huh. We don't know what happened to that badger. Because when these Roman coins were discovered in this badger burrow, the the villager, whatever you want to call him, the guy walking by, he goes and he gets some archaeologists and they come back and they're like, holy shit, that's a lot of gold. Yeah, there right. is no moratorium on evictions for badgers. 
Right, exactly. Badgers basically have no rights, and it's mm-hmm. fucked up. Yeah. So I see. We don't I know see where, you're, where you're going with this. Yeah. I'm. I'm just saying. I. I'm really more worried about the badger. I mean, my worry is, you know, did he have enough food to survive the winter? Sure. Because as sure. he's looking for food, now all of a sudden he's got this excavation project he's got to deal with. Right. You know, and he's got to file permits with the city to even move any of this stuff because it's all historical artifacts. And if you know, you know, if there's one thing badgers hate, it's red tape. Yeah. Bureaucracy. Badgers can't deal with it. That's why they live in the woods. Right. And I, I understand that impulse. I really do. Notorious hermit. The, uh, the badger. Ted Kaczynski type. <laughs> yeah. His, you know. He's got his manifesto. Mm-hmm. Oh, hold on. I'm getting word that the Badger just moved to Montana. So he's going to be fine. Okay, good. That's a yeah. good spot for him. Yeah. It's perfect. Well, but you know, it's funny. When I first clicked on I clicked on this uh, story to read more about it, they had a picture of a Badger up at the top. And I was like, oh, he looks healthy. Okay, I'm not worried. But of course, it's a stock photo. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah. Oh God, damn, I still don't know. Yeah. But Badger, if you're listening, wherever you are, I hope you're okay, buddy. I hope everything worked out. I, I don't know if you heard about this, but uh, two LAPD officers ignored a robbery in progress to catch the Snorlax in Pokemon Go. It's apparently well, a a rare find, a rare catch, and uh, they were fired and disciplined, of course. <laughs> um. But I think they should have been getting medals because by not responding to the call, they probably saved someone's life. Right. See, that's the thing is cops not doing their jobs actually makes me like them more. Right. So I'm not mad about these guys. And and, and like, it's not the cops fault that you have to catch them all. Right. And, and I'll say this is it, you got to, you know, sometimes when you're out in the field, you're working a beat. You got to triage situations. Okay, here's a right. robbery you're supposed to be investigating, right? But mm-hmm. then a literal monster that only you can see with your special equipment is on mm-hmm. the scene. Are, are you gonna? Are you gonna just let that monster rampage invisibly? Come on, come on. No, no. You do the job. The hero exactly. job. Right. Exactly. I mean. You know, think of how many Pokeballs it probably took to catch that fucker. Yeah. You know, yeah. and and nobody had to ask them to do it. They just did it. In fact, they explicitly told them not to do it. <laughs> right. But that's what separates heroes from ordinary people. So here's a, a kind of a fun one. Okay. Uh, okay, yes. So in the city of Kent, um, there was... An assistant police chief uh, mm-hmm. who was a, a neo-Nazi, a very open uh, neo-Nazi. Um, he had uh, Nazi insignia on his office door, um, was constantly uh, talking about being in, in the SS and joking about the Holocaust. Um, he, he got two weeks paid vacation and had to undergo cultural sensitivity training mm-hmm. um, for this 
The community found out about it thanks to the work of some local activists. And um, the, the funny part about this is the statement of the mayor of Kent. Um, she says in her defense, she says, yeah, we didn't so much discipline him, but in fairness to us, we underestimated how much people would care. She's like, oh my we, God, <laughs> we, we, we were really surprised by how much people cared about this. So, I mean, that's kind of on you. Wow. Yeah. So, well, and the thing is, is, you know, police unions, quote unquote unions, because they're hmm. not unions, because police are not, properly speaking, workers. Right. Um, they're not. It's, it's not really a labor union. It's, it's another layer of protection for people who are already in a position of authority. Right. It's just another racket that they have. Um, because of the deal that they have with their police union, they might not be able to fire him. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, so they, they put him on a two-week vacation, paid vacation, mm-hmm. and then he had to undergo sensitivity training, which... Which he probably laughed his way through. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I've I've had to do lots of office sensitivity and sexual harassment training, even though, you know, we've worked together. You already know I am unbeatable at sexual harassment. I don't need, I don't need any additional training, but I do it anyway because it's mandatory. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) But, um, you know, it's no surprise. These, these people exist in just about every police department in the country. I, I believe there's more of them than there are not in police departments throughout the country. Well, and, you know, we know, thanks to investigation by the Justice Department and the FBI and, and all mm-hmm. kinds of places, that there are organized campaigns by neo-Nazi and white supremacist groups to put their people on police forces. Right. Just like the army is finally waking up to the fact that they are deliberately sending their people to enlist so that they can get military training. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, there's, you know, there's lots of Nazis in police forces. There's lots of Nazis in the military. There's, you know, there's lots of Nazis at Starbucks, too. It's yeah, just there's that, lots of Nazis. Right. Yeah. They just, they don't give them guns at Starbucks. So right. it's, it's more of a problem. Well, what can we hope for here? He's not going to be fired. He's not going to face any kind of discipline. The mayor is frankly flabbergasted that anyone thought this was a big deal. Well, here's the silver lining, I hope. Okay. Is she's out on her ass, right? There's yeah. there's no way she's winning re-election after this. I don't know. Is Kent Washington majority white? Because maybe... Yeah, maybe. I mean, I'm certain it is. It's Washington. Right. Um, Just for giggles, uh, because I've got the Wikipedia page for the town up right now. Let's see what their demographics are. Okay. As of the 2010 census, uh, it's only 55.5% white. So. Okay. Okay. So she's probably out on her ass. Yeah. So she's going to be out and hopefully... 
the uh, leaders of other municipalities will say, hmm, maybe we should at least tell our Nazis to keep it on the DL. Right. If I want to keep my job. So I have another story that I think you'll just absolutely adore. Mm hmm. Are you familiar with the phenomenon that is Wordle? Wordle. Mm hmm. No, I've never heard of it. So Wordle is a, uh, you know, a daily game that uh, kind of caught fire. People are really into it. You can do a Google search for Wordle, W-O-R-D-L-E, and play it. The goal is to guess a word in six tries. It'll tell you with a green tile if a letter is in the right place, and with a yellow tile if the letter is in the word but is in the wrong place. And it's it's a good it's a good puzzle. It's a good daily puzzle. Hmm. It's been I very popular. I why I haven't heard of this. Here, I'm going to pop it up real quick and just try today's puzzle. Now let's go with... I always, for some reason, start with the word bland. Okay. Only the A is included. So let's try... Oh, and it's created by a guy named Josh Wardle. I love that. Yeah. You clever monkey. Huh. That's interesting. According to the Wall Street Journal, it says it can only be played on the game's website, and the creator says he doesn't plan on turning it into an app. Well, that's just dumb. Why wouldn't you? That's I'm, I'm still stuck on Spelling Bee. Um, yeah, Spelling is, Bee is great. I get to genius every day on Spelling Bee. Yeah, well, and I, I play, because there's not an app for that one either, um, although you can you know get the puzzle subscription. I haven't done that. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm already subscribed to the New York Times Puzzles. Because I'm I'm me, but there um, is a, there's a free uh, copycat app that I play obsessively on my phone. It's called Not That Spelling Bee. Uh huh. Because it doesn't want you to think that it's affiliated with Spelling Bee, but it is. The game is the same. So, copycat apps. Let's get into that a little bit because that's what my story actually is. Okay, go for it. Hit me. So, Wordle is obviously super popular at this point. Everyone's talking about it. It's it's growing. It is really successful. Josh Wordle has said that he wants to keep the hit web the hit game demonetized and ad-free. Which is nice of him. It's unnecessary, but it's nice of him. Well, one tech bro uh, decided he was just gonna he was just gonna make his own Wordle app and uh, monetize it and brag about it on Twitter. Did not go as planned. He did have twelve thousand downloads. He was bragging about this. It was ranked the tw number 28 word game, number four result for Wordle in the App Store. He tweeted, we're going to the fucking moon. Just bragging about how much money he was going to be making off of all this. Apple caught wind of all these uh, Wordle clones, kicked them all out of the App Store. And uh, he has publicly apologized because Wordle has a pretty rabid following and they were flaming this guy to pieces. Well, as they should. Yeah. And so he, he wrote, I realized I crossed a line 
and I surely, surely will never do anything remotely close to this again. I fucked up. He admitted that he lost money ultimately on the whole project. But, I mean, he might not have. This might have succeeded. And he's not really sorry. No, like like all such people, he utterly lacks conscience because the thing is, is this is an idea that takes so much time and investment that if you ever thought it was wrong to steal, you right. would have never finished it. And so, like, the only thing he's sorry about is getting caught and and getting called out. Oh, yeah. Agree 100%. But, I mean, I'm also, I'm not opposed to people profiting off of their own creative endeavors. Neither so, am I. I yeah. think that Mr. Wardle should right. monetize Wordle. I agree. I agree. If someone is going to monetize it, it should be him, certainly. Right. I mean, and, and it doesn't have to be, you know, doesn't have to be any cost to the consumer. No. You know, you just put one of those little uh, ad banners down at the bottom. Nobody gives a shit. It's fine. Or you give access to a back catalog for a subscription. You right. Know? You know, if you... Well, it's like, for example, um, one of my favorite little app game developers is a, a company called Spry Fox. Mm -hmm. And they make really cute little word and puzzle games that are, are well-made and clever and they have great art. And they're like 99 cents. Mm -hmm. They're not, you know, they're not trying to ruin your life and they're not trying to fuck you up with a subscription. Give them a dollar and you can play this game. Nice. Let's uh, take a quick moment to uh, mourn the passing of Betty White, Bob Saget, Ronnie Spector. Yeah, a lot of them this week. Yeah. Bob Saget was a surprise. I don't think any... I think I, I, Bob Saget was a surprise to just about everyone. Yeah, I don't yeah. think they've released a, a cause of death. No, I don't think they have. But, um... Yeah, it looks like as of earlier today... His family is still awaiting the medical examiner's report. It was probably, you know, a cardiac event or something along those lines. Yeah, and, and that kind of shit happens, you know. I mean, a, a stroke is what got Betty White. Yeah, but I, as I get older, like, people who are older than me don't seem as old as they used to. It's like, right. you know... Betty White's 99. She's like two right. weeks shy of her 100th birthday. Yeah, you can just have a stroke and die. But Bob Saget is 65. And nowadays, 65 to me seems like late middle age. It's too well, young right. to just die of a heart I, attack. Of, of course I'm, closer, I'm closer to 65 than I am to one. So I get it. Right, and, and and now it's I I look at Bob Saget and he looks healthy, you know, he mm -hmm. he looks like he's in pretty good shape. He's sixty five, but you'd never know it. But, I mean, you can just have a heart attack. Yeah, you can it happens. Just have a heart attack and die. It happens. Not, not me, of course, because I'm living that plant powered life and I'm going to live forever. No, no, it can happen to everyone. No, uh, there, there was a there was a lady who worked at a, a place that we used to work. She just had an, you know, aneurysm and then she was gone. Yeah, well, aneurysms, you know, anybody can develop an aneurysm at any time. And that is yeah. 
that is definitely one that is always a little scary because you could have one right now and not know it. In um, fact, um, I knew a guy who went that way and he was, he was young. He was in his thirties. Yeah. I know a guy who, uh, who had one when he was, I think 17 lived, um, had to relearn how to walk and talk and, um, survived, just barely survived. And, uh, now he's doing pretty well. So, uh, apparently this is, this is pretty interesting. Some scammers are using QR codes to steal people's payments on parking meters in Texas. It's happened. Um, they, they print out stickers with these codes and then, and, and put them on the, the parking meters. Unfortunately, the scammers are stealing people's credit card information and you know that's that's not great still it's really inventive so you got to give them credit for that i was gonna say you know i hate to say it but that's really clever right right no i i i feel that i was i was that's one of the reasons why i chose the story because I, i just thought it was really smart yeah so i mean guys if you're listening i assume you are Stealing is bad, mm-hmm. but I mean, if you're going to steal, be clever, have fun with it. You've done that. So I gotta, I gotta at least respect that. Okay. How about this for a story? Snoop Dogg is planning a hot dog brand called Snoop Dogs. I learned about this this morning and it was the best thing that's ever happened to me. Yeah. I'll try Snoop Dogs. Everyone's going to try them. I'm mm-hmm. hoping that they're a legit great hot dog. If well, same. I mean, there's probably not going to be a vegan one, so I'm probably not going to eat them. But yeah, if it turns out, what if it turns out that Snoop Dogs are like better than Hebrew Nationals, and all of a sudden everybody just just wants Snoop Dogs, and that becomes the thing that he's he's known for in the same way that like people don't even necessarily know that Paul Newman was an actor. Right. Or for that matter, Jimmy Dean. Jimmy Dean's right. sausages are much bigger than Jimmy Dean, the country singer, ever was. Right. What but if Jimmy Dean, the country singer, I, I I love me some Jimmy Dean. I mean, me too, but I love those sausages more. Oh, those sausages, man. I'm so, so mad good. I can't eat the sausages anymore. Food to include it in... in this is a this is a copy of the uh, the the data entered um, for I think the business license or something. Um, food including hot dogs, hot dog sausages, sausages, turkey sausages, vegetarian sausages. So I think there might be some some vegan options in there. Well, all vegan hot dogs are more or less the same, and none mm. of them are quite as good as a real hot dog. So if Snoop Dogs are at least as good as everybody else's hot dogs, I'll just buy Snoop Dogs. Yeah, might as well. Because I'd rather give money to Snoop Dogg. Because he's going to spend it on weed. And I support that. You know, yeah, absolutely. He's not on Epstein's plane. He's a family guy. You know, mm-hmm. he's got a, his kids like playing like Division One college ball, killing it. 
He's got he's got an incredible talent. He is a creative. He's a good guy. Yeah. So uh, Chairman Powell of the Federal Reserve says the U.S. economy can withstand Fed tightening and the Omicron surge. He uh, he believes that uh, the U.S. economy is robust enough that he can raise interest rates and uh, slow inflation, and it won't lead to a slowed economy. Mm-hmm. He might want to just take a gander at what's happening over in Great Britain right now. Because well, uh, it's pretty much the same thing. Well, as you know, all of my money is in NFTs now. Right. Um, Non-fartable tokens. We Well, what we did, folks, just to give you a little peek behind the curtain, we made all... The reason you can't... Um, we had to switch podcast hosts is that we made all of our episodes into NFTs, mm-hmm. um, yeah. which you could now buy from us. Um they're, you know, different episodes are going for different prices depending on how good they are mm-hmm. uh, or how rare they are. I mean, right. and considering that there's only one of each of these episodes, they're super rare. Yeah. So would you like to own a piece of the Michigan Switch? You better be ready to pay up. Exactly. Exactly. And so all of my money, I bought my own NFTs of the show mm-hmm. so that I could be the owner of them so that I could then sell them. It's a smart investment. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the value of NFTs can only go up. There is there is no other direction they could move in. Yeah, yeah, bubbles they just keep growing. Yeah, well, that's you know that's why uh, the person who owns the most Beanie Babies is the richest person in North America right now. Right. Workers at a Amazon warehouse in Alabama. We'll have another chance to unionize next month. Yes, I saw that. I'm excited. Yeah. The, the labor board threw out the results of their previous bullshit vote. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I, I would I would love to see an Amazon warehouse become a union shop, man. Well, and if it doesn't happen there, it's going to happen somewhere else because there's union efforts happening in Amazon facilities all over the place. Mm-hmm. And um, the in my lifetime, I don't think workers have ever had more of a sense of their own power, more of a sense of solidarity than they do. Right it's now. it's really good to see. I know that in here in Oregon, I believe in Eugene, uh, workers from a Starbucks are the first uh, Starbucks, I think, to actually file their paperwork, their petition with with a major labor union. Mm-hmm. It's really exciting stuff to see. Yep, and and to all you workers out there, I wanna I wanna tell y'all. Step one is to uh, build get a that. box. Yeah, get a box. Oh no no. Oh, okay, I see the joke you're making. That's very funny. Yeah, I, I enjoy that a great deal. <laughs> no, <laughs> step one is uh, it's to build that solidarity with your coworkers. Mm-hmm. You know. Figure, find uh, a union that y'all can join. Um, they can walk you through the whole process, get you some cards. I want to talk about something else really quickly too, because right now is the time to organize. Because employers can't fire their whole staff right now. They're already hurting. 
they can't just let you go because you're talking about unionizing because they don't have you know the the pool of workers to draw from so that they can just replace everyone with scabs so yep. now's the time we got them by the balls and you know so that's step one is uh, mm-hmm. join the union step two i mean you know what step two is you build a scaffold and on that scaffold you put a machine made of wood with one metal part and it's real simple because the metal part only moves in one direction Mm-hmm. You march that, you march your boss right up to that machine, and then you just move on to the next boss, and so on and so forth. Guillotine your boss is what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I got that. <laughs> like, I'm no fan of bosses, but I, I don't think that bosses are the ownership class, and I don't know that they deserve the guillotine so much as some kind of reprogramming. Well... See, this is the thing about managers, right? Is that a manager, mm-hmm. all a manager is, is a person who's been tricked into thinking that their class interests align with the owners and not with the workers. That's true. That's so, true. I mean, could you, can you rescue a manager? Yes. If you prefer, you know, abduct your manager in the middle of the night, put a bag over his head and put him in a van. Take him out to your compound in the desert. Or you can come here. And um, we will explain to your boss about class struggle. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, a a few weeks ago we covered the story where a pig kidney was transplanted into a brain dead patient. A, um, A man has now officially received a genetically modified pig heart transplant and has lived at least three days after the surgery. He's continuing to live. Um, he was at a point where he he was either going to die or have this transplant. Um, he was he was not a uh, prime candidate for a transplant, so he wouldn't have appeared on a transplant list. So he volunteered for this surgery, and he is still alive. It's pretty amazing. And probably feeling a lot better than he was when he had his old shitty heart. Yeah, maybe. Because, I mean, if your heart's not working right, nothing's working right. And then you get a heart that works well, and you're like, holy shit, I feel amazing. Maybe. I I, I mean, you just had open heart surgery. Yeah, he's probably still feeling a little rough. So So you're going to feel that for a while. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, he's got a functioning heart in his body. That's pretty great. I hope it continues to work for him. Like, this could save so many lives. Xenotransplantation is, you know, there are science fiction novels about this. And as much as I'm a fan of the pigs and the the actual pigs. Yeah. Uh, as much as I enjoy the pig animals, um, and I, I don't want them to die unnecessarily, if it's a choice between pigs and humans, I will take humans every time. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we love our animal friends, but... Now, here's a... And, and I haven't studied this in as much depth as you have. 
Is this a clone of his own organs, or is this like a generic human organ? Does he have the same rejection issues that a regular transplant no. would have? He, he does. So, basically, this is pig. Pig DNA produces a sugar that causes like immediate transplant rejection in humans. Right. This is a pig that is modified to not produce that sugar. Without that sugar, they're not immediately being rejected by the host, but you're still going to be on immunosuppressants because there's still that risk that your immune system is going to reject this new organ in your body. Right. So it's not like it's not like a human heart is being grown inside a pig. It's just No. It's just a pig heart which pig organs resemble human organs. Mm-hmm. Uh, They're one of the closest analogs we have. Yeah. Now, here's what I wonder is, did that pig go around and he's like, does anyone else feel weird all the time? Yeah, like, <laughs> right. Not in any way I, I can identify. I just feel weird. I don't know. That's an interesting question. It's like, I feel like one of my sugars is different. <laughs> I don't know. Can that be a thing? I'm a pig. I don't have a great deal of self-awareness. I don't know. Sugars aren't typically hormones, so I I don't know that you'd, you'd really feel that. Like, is do, do, if you're one of these people that, uh, you know, cilantro tastes like soap for, do you feel that as I mean, a, a, a difference that you were just born wrong? In your soul, you probably do, yeah. If you... If you really stop and reflect, you know that you're not made in the image of God in the way the rest of us are. Okay. You're you're a child of a lesser God. Well, good to know. All right. Still no uh, feedback from anyone. Shocking. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, that's not true. We, we have gotten some nice emails uh, from people that we've built relationships with through the show. Like yeah, it's true. Rose. And we want to thank our bros at Brose and uh, Adam West, who's our, our voiceover artist for the show. And he is an artist. I, you know, I don't gush about it often enough. He's a really good voice guy. He really is. He did a, a great job with a limited amount of information that we sent him. Until next time, this is Gene Person saying you should always end a comedy set with a callback. And this is Greg Person saying, when life gives you lemmings. Make lemonade. Good night. <laughs>